Welcome to Midnight Conversations. <laughs> I handed it off to you, Stephen, in the in the intro, and then you threw it right back at me. I didn't yeah. know what to do. Wait, wait, f- f- finish the introduction first. Andrew. Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry. Uh, welcome, to, <laughs> welcome to Midnight Conversations. Uh, I'm Andy Karacha. Yeah, oh, and I'm Stephen Battle. <laughs> there we go. Oh. Smooth, smooth could flowing. You, could smooth you tell flowing. that this is episode number fifty? This is th- you, you wouldn't wouldn't be able to tell. <laughs> I think I think our listeners could tell. Because yeah. they know that by this stage, we're skipping episodes every two to three weeks. Of <laughs> we don't have consistency. We it lose form. It, yeah, I, I think I think that's what it is. I'll, I'll I'll put it down to a loss of form. Can't believe I forgot how to introduce the, the show. I was just <laughs> I was so keen to get into this paper. I was just uh, and also wasn't thinking that I'd introduce today. So it all all happened. How you going, Steve? Are you doing okay? Yeah, I think so. I think yeah. so. Um, I don't know. My dog's sick. He's lying lying on the couch beside me. I feel like mm-hmm. I'm, I've picked up on some of his pretty somber vibes at the moment. So, oh, sorry to hear. Good. Yeah. Mm. How, how are you? How's things? Yeah, good. I mean, would you say your dog is is stressed at all? Or would you say that your dog is ex- exhibiting higher levels of stress than usual? It's funny you say that because it's usually usually he's most sick on the days where my my partner Wendy is at work and nah. he's just alone with me. Yeah, which would suggest that stress is probably a a factor contributing to his uh, his mood and his illness. Wait, so does that suggest that you're the cause of stress? <laughs> <laughs> Either I'm the cause of stress or yeah. Wendy's absence, probably more oh, likely or, or, the cause yeah. of stress. Okay, yes. okay. I see, I see. <laughs> Makes more sense. Well, uh, luckily for you, Stephen, sorry to use your dog as our segue today, but uh, hmm. we're, we're talking about stress and ways in, in which we can uh, ease it, perhaps, uh, yeah. with some with some very wholesome strategies. Really, is what we're talking about. I what I want to know is you. So you sent this paper to I me. I did. Yeah. All right. And this is about hugging, self touching. Mm. This is about coping with stress in isolation. What yeah. were you going through when you when you found <laughs> this paper? <laughs> uh, so. Uh, I I'm, I'm currently teaching uh, in semester, mm-hmm. uh, and I have a whole bunch of discussion forum threads. And one of them's I think I have random ones like philosophical thoughts, and another one's like interesting facts and resources. And I think a student posted this paper up as an interesting fact, and we talked about some of the statistics in the paper. And I thought, well, this is actually a nice podcast paper too. It's very approachable. So mm-hmm. so. All your questions, I will now interrogate that student closely. closely yeah, honestly, because when you said this, I was like, okay, this is a cry for help. No, and it then, didn't cross my mind. That's yeah. about it. I didn't send you flowers or anything. Yeah, no. You just, we just it, it, Instead, <laughs> you bailed on like five podcast weeks. <laughs> you left me alone <laughs> until, until we recorded. No, no, it's... it's uh, yeah, we're we're here now. That's what matters. So let's let's talk about yeah. let's talk about stress. So the mm-hmm. title of this paper is called "Self Soothing Touch and Being Hugged: uh, Reduce Cortisol Responses to Stress: A Randomized Control Trial on Stress, Physical Touch, and Social Identity." So, really interesting premise. Really, the background of it is suggests that being touched by others improves stress coping. This has been known in the literature. However, when touch uh, from others is unavailable feels uncomfortable, or is not considered to be safe, as in the COVID-19 pandemic. Self-touch gestures, like placing a hand on the heart, may provide an alternative way to experience less strain. So what they did in this study is they got 159 participants and uh, aged between 18 and 35. 
and they gave them a psychosocial stressor. Steve, did you get a chance to see what the psychosocial stressor was? I did, yeah. I thought that was probably the most interesting part of this study. Uh, (laughs) Would you want to run us through what it is? Yeah, I do. I do. I do just need to find the the bit of the paper um, that that talks about it. Because I'll I'll actually read read through what they did. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's under the procedure. Yes, 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 yes. So, uh, in the... In the stress test, participants were told that they would be interviewed for their dream job and that they would have to complete two tasks, an individual speech about themselves and a mental arithmetic task. Then they received five minutes alone in the room to prepare before presenting their speech in front of a committee formed from two of the three Confederates and a fake video camera. After the interview, participants had to count backwards in steps of 17 starting at 2043 and had to start over whenever they made a mistake. So what's the the next number down from 2043? Uh, so I don't Go know. Go on, quick uh, test, quickly. <laughs> Clock's ticking. <laughs> oh my god! I don't know. The, the stress is the stress is too much for me. I can't handle it. <laughs> um, Doug, on the Confederates are instructed to only provide uh, neutral, non-verbal responses and to encourage the presenters to go on whenever they stopped. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Mm. Um, still, that's a that's a pretty damn stressful environment. And what I found funny was that they're only paid something like thirteen euro. To go through this or course credit for their participation, I would well, want a lot more. For me there are that. there are reasons why we do that in uh, research. It's because if you give someone like a million dollars to do a, an assessment, you're biasing either the sample that comes and is attracted to do the study, or you incentivize the results. So you, you need to give an incentive that is meaningful enough that it motivates people to partake, but not meaningful enough that it skews the results. So that's why often at times when you do like a survey, it'll say do a survey and you'll be in the draw to win a voucher because there's the potential for something, but it could incentivize people, but it wouldn't be motivating enough to skew results. Hmm. That's very yeah. interesting. Mm. For the record, I probably wouldn't have signed up for this for 13 euros. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so, I mean, what what do you feel, Stephen? Do, is this sufficiently stressful? Are parts of this stressful enough? Oh, I, w- I would find that, that very stressful. Mm. Wouldn't you? Yeah, I mean, Matt's anxiety is a very real thing when it comes to, mm. uh, like I said, I teach statistics and I see it uh, quite a lot. But uh, it, in, even in my teaching degree, there was a lot of focus on the anxiety that students feel when it comes to maths. And it's, a real, it's yeah. really interesting. It's specific to maths. And I, I think there's yeah a lot of discussion to be had there. But definitely evidence and research shows that th- this is an anxiety-provoking task. And m- many people are um, not comfortable with public speaking or presenting in front of a committee, even people who are familiar with presenting. So it, yeah, I think they're, they've, it's a well-designed task to induce stress. So yeah, yeah, that's interesting. I feel, Mm. I feel like I can comfortably talk to, to a thousand people, but I'll be at the grocery store trying to count my change. I'll be having a mental breakdown. Yeah. 20 cents. (laughs) (laughs) Interesting. You don't, you don't just tap and go. You're, you're an old man, Steven. Now it's all the, the, I don't think I've, I've had, cash on me in a, in a lot, very long time. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so what uh, they found in this study, so they they did all, all, all of this thing, they induced the stress in the participants, and they b- broke them down into conditions as to whether they received self-soothing touch or a hug from others or no sort of stimulus. And so what they found is that... Uh, the results were in line with previous work indicating that physical touch has protective effects on uh, physiological stress responses, but not necessarily on self-reported stress and suggest that self-soothing touch and receiving hugs are simple and yet potentially powerful means for buffering individuals' resilience against stress. So 
even though people didn't report their stress being mitigated or reducing, uh, the heart rate uh, indications, I think they had cortisol levels they measured, all of these measurements showed a reduction in stress overall. Yeah, I think it wasn't as noticeable with the the heart rate um, from memory. But yeah, mm. that, that's really interesting that, that both hugging and self-touch had a fairly similar actual um, impacts in reducing cortisol levels, which, yeah, to, to me was really surprising. Did, did you expect that to be the case? Not not really, uh, mm. no, because I, I, I would have, uh, yeah, I think that hugging aspect involves the social network, social community, uh, and whereas... But I mean, there's a lot of uh, interesting research that's sort of parallel to this. I think in babies, they uh, there was a study that looked at babies in hospitals who were born prematurely, and the they compared I think babies who were in the hospital uh, versus who didn't receive any treatment versus those who, who and the treatment is um, the nurses would massage them for like fifteen or thirty minutes a day. Uh, a few times a day um, versus others who did receive this treatment. And they found that those who were given the massaging treatment were able to go home like significantly quicker, a few few days or weeks quicker, which um, is a big difference, especially yeah. for newborns. And they've uh, mirrored this similarly in animal studies that show uh, what's going on in the mechanism, which is this uh, interaction effect or, or uh, touching effect really has a... St- effect to stimulate growth hormones in the animal uh, and likely wow. in, in humans as well. So it has a lot of benefits. Um, everyone's heard that uh, oxytocin is the love drug and it's released as well when people hug. Um, and if you haven't, you've heard it here first, I guess. Uh, mm. But the, uh, all of these factors sort of confound together and allow um, a lot of positive uh, effects to occur. Yeah, I don't, I don't really know what this means about, about us. Why do we need to be touched? Why do we have such a positive response from being touched? Even by strangers, because this was by strangers. It wasn't even mm. by loved ones. Mm. Actually, I'll, re- I'll read out that just that first line of how they, they did that hugging test. Um, so participants in the hug condition received a standardized hug from one of five female heterosexual student assistants. And then they had to hug for like 20 seconds. Um, as an option, they could close their eyes. The hug was always initiated by the Confederate, first making eye contact then embracing front to front with the right arm reaching over and the left arm reaching under, hands placed flat on the lower back and shoulder blade. To avoid any sexual connotations (laughs) of the hug, the Confederate wore loose clothes and no makeup or perfume. I don't know. It sounds, honestly, it sounds, sounds creepy to me. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I, I wish people could see your face as you were reading that out. I mean, the amount of joy that was <laughs> exuding from you. Uh, and I, I hope it wasn't as stilted as it's being described. Perhaps it was more natural in action. But I hope know, so. What... But 20, 20 seconds, like stroking mm. each other's lower back, yeah. uh, to me would probably be pretty uncomfortable with a stranger. And yet they're reporting reduced cortisol levels. So. Yeah, and you'd be surprised. Perhaps, uh, perhaps it has it's less uncomfortable than it sounds when it's described perhaps when you're in it it, it maybe you and i should should do this before every podcast uh, you know release the stress get it get us in a mellow vibe yeah we should hire five young plain clothes <laughs> females I meant, to hug us for 20 seconds i meant with one another but yeah sure. oh yes okay either uh, way, either way. <laughs> um so i i mean some interesting points here i guess what you're touching mm-hmm. on is what's the meaning of this for us i think it, it back to your comment on why is it the case that it is effective i think yeah. it's 
I, I would hypothesize it has some link to stimulation of sensory um, receptors on our skin cells. When you stimulate anything, right? If you think about watching TV um, or um, listening to music, the stimulation um, has an exciter, excitatory effect on the nerves in your uh, nervous system. Um, and so depending on where this is acting in the brain or in your body, it can induce different types of effects. So my guess is that uh, it is linked somewhat to the stimulation of mm. the, these receptors who maybe if you, if they're not stimulated enough, yeah, may not feel these effects, but yeah, it's, it's interesting results. But do you think, do you think it's just the act of focusing on that sensation or even because in the study, they actually got them to focus on their breathing and sort of the warmth of the embrace. Mm. Um, and I think it was similar for the self-touch. So do you think it's partly just because they're sort of distracting themselves or being so focused on on what they're experiencing within their body that that's the, the cause of the reduction in stress? It's not so much some kind of like magical feeling that you get of like social inclusion because somebody's touching you. Yeah. It's, it's almost just 20 seconds of meditation. Mm. Well, I mean, even even making that reference to meditation, it's about having that heightened perception, right? So mm. you're, again, exciting the receptors that are able to sense different things. So when you're meditating, you may be able to focus on the feeling in a certain part of your body more so than if you were just normally about your life. So maybe this sort of mindfulness practice of when the hugging was occurring is mm. to sort of enhance the amount of stimulation that, uh, yeah. Yeah, may occur. I mean, they. I, I get a lot of this research. Uh, from my familiarity when it comes to this, you know, touching or or self care or grooming uh, type of research co- comes into animal research, and there's a lot that talk about um, maternal separation in rodents and what happens when um, children are separated from their mothers, uh, and a lot of it is very negative consequences. You know, heightened stress, uh, earlier. Uh, age of death, all all sorts of factors, increased inflammation, all these things that we know are bad for us occurs when uh, people are separated from their mothers. And so whether this is because of a sense of touch or whether it's because of other factors, it's likely confounded by many things, but a sense of touch is clearly one factor. That's Yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you actively go out of your way to, to hug your, your wife and child? (laughs) I don't know. Uh, You're proactive about it. (laughs) Am I proactive about it? Uh, It's a good question. It comes very naturally to a child because I guess there's, Mm -hmm. Very, you're commonly holding a child and putting them down to sleep or picking them up or feeding them or just hanging out with them. I guess with uh, with my partner, it, it all comes down to, there's this interesting thing someone told me about, ways in which people express love. So different people express the way in which they uh, want love and, and uh, uh, how do you say it? Give love, I guess. Y- want to yes. Yeah. 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 Your so, love language. Your yeah, love language. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. so some, some people yeah. um, find that uh, what means most to them and they, the ways in which they feel most loved is when they have things that are done for them, like actions. Whereas other people uh, feel most love when they are comforted with a hug or if they're complimented, you know, or if they're noticed day to day, or it could be a combination of all three. But I think for me personally probably more so on the side of uh, like actions. So uh, mm-hmm. that's that's what's most meaningful to me in terms of like love language. But definitely for my partner, it's a lot more touching. So I do make more like 
of a conscious effort to hug mm-hmm. more and stuff. So, so there, there is more of that. We're getting a bit Dr. Phil here, but it's uh, a little it's, bit. It's, yeah. <laughs> there, there, there is definitely that, that side of it. Um, and how would you rate the quality of your relationship from one to 10? No, it's great. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it, we do 20 seconds standardized. I make sure I have no makeup on. <laughs> I've got a, I've got L- lucky no woman. What can I say? You know, you know it. You know it. I mean, it worked for this experiment. I'm like, that. No, sorry. That's what, the, that's what the research shows. That's what you get. And yeah, so that's exciting. Yeah, no, um, and, and yourself, do you find that hmm. uh, you, you go actively out of your way to be more uh, socially communicative in physical affection? Oh, that was nicely put. Um, I think, yeah, d- definitely with my wife, I'm pretty pretty conscious of making sure I give her at least one hug per day. Mm. Yeah, also a lucky woman. Um, <laughs> and then, obviously, I don't have a child, but I have a dog. Well, yeah. I presume I presume that dogs are the same. They they would have uh, stress benefits or reduced cortisol levels from from being I, padded I, and touched. I, for, and, I forget what I mm. don't think it was a research paper. I think it was like a headline of a news article that said looking into your dog's eyes for twenty seconds can calm both the owner and the dog down. Oh wow! Okay, mm. maybe maybe mm. Uh, we maybe we need to find research about this to back it up, but uh, <laughs> or or refute it. But maybe it's something worth the exploring a bit more. I've definitely read that patting your dog is is great for your like stress stress reduction. Mm. So yeah, I'm I'm patting my dog all day long basically, yeah. but that's not a conscious thing. That's just. I don't know. He demands it as well. Yeah. 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 It, I mean, clearly your dog's feeling unwell because this is the most chill I've seen your dog. Yeah, dog very it's, much so. I mean, I'm getting getting things done today. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I mean, wh- I guess what's interesting from this paper, given that, okay, despite the fact that people didn't really perceive the effects, the effects were happening somewhat in at least the um, le- physiological level. The question is, what implications does COVID-19 have on people when there was that extended isolation? I mean, you're in Sydney, which had underwent, like, what was it, a four-month lockdown last year? Uh, yeah. Some, something. I, I don't yeah. remember. Blo- blocked it from my mind. But yeah, yeah. I, was in, I was in isolation for a very long time. Yeah. Um, and, and even when it started, I think all of, in all of Australia, I think initially there weren't really clear rules like they started increasing the things like having a bubble with someone so that you could have that connection but i don't think that was from the start was it my no it wasn't yeah they brought yeah. that in much later i think in in the sydney second lockdown at, at least um so yeah, what's the implications I, of this yeah yeah well i i was lucky enough to be locked down with someone else um yeah. i can't can't imagine what it would have been like being locked down alone mm. I, i'm generally quite quite good on my own but i know some people really struggle but um i think this uh this paper was written uh during the time of covid wasn't it yeah Yeah, it it is recent yeah so so this this information is certainly valuable could have had uh everyone that was isolating on their own rubbing rubbing their chest or stomach for 20 (laughs) seconds every time they felt stress but definitely i think it speaks to you know, people may be fine on their own, but I guess when it's a choice versus when it's forced upon you, it can have mm. different effects as well. So maybe people are happy to be alone, but when it, when they're um, told to do so in lockdown, they, they don't cope as well. And um, so, yes. yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. definitely, definitely having a, a sense of control of your own life is going to, to impact your stress levels. Um, yeah. But yeah we... I, I often think quite a lot about the ways in which the different uh, countries around the world have um, tackled the COVID pandemic and how they've, every country has their own rules, regulations. And I wonder how much of the research has been looked at in regards to when these decisions are made, when people are told to isolate, do they just 
Like, what is the cost-benefit analysis? I mean, all questions that we don't know the answer to, but I'd be very curious because this seems like something that's very, very important to consider for mental health. And we don't even, mental health is one of those slow things. It's not, you don't see the effects straight away. It, it either gradually improves or gradually decreases. And yes. so the yeah. long-term effects of this, I guess, are largely unknown. Yeah. Well, this has been one of the major criticisms of at least the Australian government's response to COVID in the way that we mm. just locked everyone down without, you know, really giving due consideration to mental health. Uh, and and I think that was the, the same in a lot of other countries, at least in Western countries. Uh, yeah. But but maybe the research just wasn't there at the time. Yeah. So you can only make decisions based on the data that you have. Mm. And so obviously they wanted to channel resources into figuring more out about the uh, the virus itself. Yeah. And whether that's going to be killing everyone off before looking into the mental health implications. But it's great that there there are these studies now that are emerging. Mm. Um, so that we can we can learn more about ourselves and, and what we need to. Yeah, and, good. and even this paper, I think it was only in a certain age range, some, something like 25 to 35. So uh, we don't know the effects that may be linked with this in children versus the very elderly, you know, people mm. who um, are in aged care homes, all sorts of effects. It's, uh, yeah, it, I think if anything, it shows the uh, importance of uh, identifying stresses and ways to mitigate stresses, because if there are... I think low cost and high, somewhat effective interventions that could be in place, such as you know, self-touching or hu- hugging with others. Um, it it seems like something that should be encouraged, right? Mm. So, yeah. yeah, for sure. Mm. So, so how do you personally move forward from this, Anderton? Are you going to put on some loose clothes and find some strangers? I, I think I think that's what I'm going to do. I think yeah. that I'll, I'll report back uh, and we'll, <laughs> we'll see how it goes. <laughs> no, I think I think if anything, it it does. Uh, reinforce a lot of what I've seen in the animal literature uh, and as I said with stuff with maternal stress uh, in and uh, in in children but mm. it's uh, nice to see its effect it, I think what's nice for me about this is how simple the uh, intervention was and the effect that it it showed what yeah. is interesting to me is the fact that people didn't self-report stress and somewhat mm. some in some cases I think that's somewhat important even if stress is reducing it's our perceptions of stress that um can have a influence on how we feel for example you could maybe feel no stress or physiologically but really ruminate on something that it can influence your stress response and increase your stress uh, stress level so yeah i think perhaps looking at interventions that ensure that participants um report improvements in perceived stress is is probably a first uh, place of importance but yourself what do you think yeah no I'm, I'm still trying to wrap my head around that whole thing like how you can actually have a physiological stress reduction but then still perceive yourself as being quite stressed mm. um and then you, I, I guess by virtue of that you then begin to feel have the physiological effects of stress like it becomes a, a cycle well it can mm-hmm. even work in the opposite way right so mm. people can uh feel high levels of physiological stress, but not perceive that stress as well, right? When that's where it can also be problematic. So, yeah, I mean, even for myself, a good example is I do a lot of talking, a lot of public speaking, uh, a lot of presentations, uh, and I feel like I've conditioned myself to not perceive stress. Mm. I don't really feel stress when I'm going out. However, I know that I must be feeling stress because I can never eat before a big presentation. Mm-hmm. So whenever I have to give a big talk or a big presentation, I can never, even if it's in the morning or afternoon, I can't eat, even though mentally I'm like, I feel fine. This is just another presentation. So I, it, there's definitely never always a, a, this uh, 
analog between our perceptions and feelings. And that's, mm. I guess, what a lot of psychology is focused on, trying to, trying to close this loop so that we perceive our feelings and, and stresses and our responses and respond appropriately. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. really interesting because I presume that you can become more attuned to your body and when you are feeling stressed and when you're not. And there's probably, there's actually definitely value to that, being, yeah. being more aware of your levels. So definitely. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work on that. But also the, um, the, the self-soothing, uh, just 20 seconds of self-touching, mm. and that sounds sexual, but it's not. This is <laughs> um, can, can really reduce stress levels. So I, I think I'll um, I think I'll find myself just like rubbing my chest every now and then yeah, when I'm could, at work. Yeah, and report back, to, see how it goes. I'm yeah. actually cur- currently patting my dog, who was uh, just I think asking for a few pats. So <laughs> maybe he was actually listening to this podcast. I wasn't sleeping in the corner. Um, but if you if you like if you uh, listener at home like my dog. Uh, we're not sleeping in the corner and you are listening to this podcast. Hopefully you enjoyed <laughs> it. It's our episode number 50. Uh, yeah. Steve and I, we started this podcast. Do you remember what year? Was it twenty? at least 2018 is when we started the idea for the podcast and then got the yeah. wheels in motion and, you know, at our slow and steady pace, just rally through the episodes and here we are, number 50. It's, so, it has been a long time, yeah. From our first trial episode in yeah. UNSW. Yeah, That's right. Okay. Yeah, we did, yeah, yeah. So there's there's many podcasts uh, that were done that haven't aired uh, from the very, very beginning until we found our sort of niche of what we were happy with and what we wanted to move forward with. And it's, mm. it's yeah, so I think something to reflect upon. Uh, you know, 50 is a big landmark and yeah. Yeah, I'm uh, proud of us. I'm proud of I, us too. I, yeah. Well done. I'll, I'll, I'll hug you next time I see you. <laughs> <laughs> I look forward to it. <laughs> 20 I'll seconds only. I'll self right. touch in the meantime. Sounds All right. Good. <laughs> uh, send us an email at midnight conversations podcast at gmail.com. That's yeah. probably the only way to contact us at the moment. Pretty much. Pretty um, much. Um, and yeah. as always, the paper is linked in the description of the podcast. Um, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. We'll leave it there. Here's oh, to 50 more of these. What are you? What are you? How, there needs to be a outro of music. Oh, well, I don't that? have. I don't have an instrument here. Yeah, uh, your, your voice is an instrument, though. Excellent. Yeah, very nice. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> See. Bye. <laughs>